Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcaster who's got a, I don't have, I can't fit the whole world in my hand, but I can certainly swirl, I can fit uh, meandering swirls. I don't know why I got the whole world in my hand popped in my head. It really doesn't have anything to do with going to sleep. Uh, but you support the show, patrons. You keep the world spinning with the Sleep Podcast. Thanks so much. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether your uh, thoughts you're thinking about, you know, things on your mind. So thoughts, uh, feelings, either physical sensations or emotions bubbling up uh, or both, uh, it's one of those things. It could be travel, whatever's keeping you awake. You know, travel, crows, not always, but uh, crowing, you know, or uh, what are the other ones called? The, the cockadoodle door, doors. You know, whether it's on the inside or the outside, how's that sound? Or, you know, for me, it's usually both. Uh, you say, or the mysterious wake ups, uh, or not so mysterious ones. Uh, Whatever scheme you like, I'd like to take your mind off of that. What I'm going to do, I got a safe place here. As I like to say on a regular basis, I smooth it, I pat it, I rub it down. I say safe place. I say BBB, BBD. I say BBD. How about this one? What if BBD, Belle Biv DeVoe, went on tour with BB-8? And, you know, I like to think about BB-8 and bb eighty eight. Uh, talk about Motown Philly being back again. You got more alliteration in there than you, than uh, like, uh, if I knew how to define alliteration, I'd know what to do with. We'll, we'll try to ponder that. Maybe we could get BB-8 or BB-88 is the one that actually comes into the studio uh, to talk. But what, let's see, what, what I'm going to do is uh, I got that safe place smooth and padded down. And they actually, they kind of, those are references that cover like three generations, maybe. You say, well, I don't know who BBD is, Scooch. Uh, I remember my dad wore BVDs. Is that, no, it doesn't have anything. I remember those ads, too. Uh, anyway, where, where, okay, so I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use uh, lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. Whatever that was, that was a natural one because I was trying to think of something. I don't know if that's considered like a mutter or a stutter, like A B C D E F G H A J K L M N O P Q R S. So it'd probably be something in between a mutter and a stutter. So a nutter, no. L M N O utter, maybe. L M N O P putter. Yeah, I guess it was a putter. I was puttering, puttering around, puttering around with my words. Elemental P Q quarter, quarter, quarter. I mean, my mind is quartered. Believe me. Q R S rudder T U V. Oh wait, no Q R S. Okay, so sorry, I got distracted there. 
let me use extra words. I'm going to go off topic. Uh, now, if you're new, you might already be saying, and this is legitimate, you have a cause to say this. What in the heck is uh, going on here? What is this person talking about? So let me give you a couple pieces of information. One, this kind of podcast is not, again, everybody's, every word's got to have a definition. This, I would say passively, this podcast is best passively consumed, but it's best consumed somewhere between passively and actively. Uh, like when you're chilling, you say, well, I'm not passive, but I'm not active. I'm, I'm chilling. You know, people used to chillax. Uh, I think that was invented by... Uh, like Judd Apatow and uh, Seth Rogen, uh, like uh, a couple other people whose names escape me because I, my mind just blanked. Uh, so, but, but um, where was I? Like, man, sometimes I get so lost in my own thoughts. Uh, but what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here. Oh, if you're new, oh, this podcast doesn't make any sense, and neither do I. Uh, so kind of look at it like uh, you're saying, huh, what is that? Uh, and then I'll tell you the structure of the show. So then you have another piece of information. The show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep it free for everybody, is the people that choose to to, 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 to take action. Uh, they help keep us free for everybody. That's a great system. huh? Then there's the intro. Now, the intro is around 12 to 13 to 14 to 15 to 11 to 17 to 16 minutes or so of me just puttering around. And you'd say, are you going to get to the point? Well, I'll be kind of puttering, I think. You don't really hear, like, the only things you hear about puttering are old-fashioned cars in in cartoons and characters in cartoons. And I guess I'd say a putter is like a car that goes putter, 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 putter. That's a good name for a a, a pet, too. We had Pitter and Patter, remember? Regular listeners will remember or note that I like to encourage people to name their pets. Uh, it's, it seems like I'm always naming pets that are like purchased at the same time or imaginary twin pets. So I said, if you have two pets, you could name them Pitter and Patter. Now let's just say, for example, you had uh, two kitties. Uh, kid, are those what they're called? Kittens. Uh, and they were named Pitter and Patter. Or, you know, bunny. Yeah, let's say bunnies. Uh, and then you got a third, maybe a couple of years later, name it Putter. And actually, Putter's the name of a character, one of my, on, on the movie Billy Jean. So that's also cool. Uh, so where was I? Okay, so I went off. Oh, I just putter around. That's what I was saying. So that's the intro where I kind of try to explain what the podcast is. Most listeners use it to ease into bedtime as they get ready for bed or as they're in bed, like getting ready to drift off. It's different every time, but it's familiar because they say, okay, here's what I, I'm a regular listener. I listen to 680 episodes of Sleep With Me. Here's what I know that is going to happen in the intro. Scoots is going to talk. He's going to try to explain what the podcast is. He's going to use the words lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, and pointless meanders. He's going to send his voice across the deep, dark night. And he like he'll get a he'll putter. I guess I never called it that before, but he'll putter around. And then the episode may start, and I may drift off. Tonight we'll be talking about. So that's the intro. And if you're new, you could say, "When the heck is the Game of Thrones stuff going to start?" Or when are you going to? And I say, "Well, it takes a while, you know, just like getting into bed." 
Uh, I want to get you comfortable. I want to get you co. I want to have you give you time to get cozy. Now, some a few percentage. I can't remember what it is. Like two or three percent of people just skip. They start the episode at like eighteen or twenty minutes. And if you do that, there'll be some business uh, between the intro and the show. Then there, we'll be talking about Game of Thrones. But if you don't watch Game of Thrones or you're not, you say, well, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, don't worry. I'll, I'll be talking in the most meandering, indirect way about everything. Uh, then we'll talk about some factoids that may have come up in the episode or that I'm curious about. Then we'll talk to Tom and Pounce. Then we'll have Parade of the Old Gods and the New. Uh, so, and then we'll have some thank yous. So that's the structure of the show. If you're new, also a couple of things. You don't need to listen to this podcast. This is the only podcast you, you don't have to pay attention to. You don't have to pay attention to, or you don't like. You don't have to listen. You could say, "Well, I'm, I'm going to turn you down to a moderate, like a more. I, I prefer a mutter over a putter, and I'm, you know, your stutter." And say, "Okay, go go ahead and turn it down a little if that works for you." Uh, but I'm going to be here to uh, help me be here to keep you company. You know, whether you like a mutter or putter, or you say, well, okay, and I've had enough of your stutters. Uh, so that's the structure of the show. Oh, you don't need to listen to me. And there's no pressure to fall asleep. The reason the shows are over an hour, uh, for the most part, is because I want to give you plenty of time. So there's no pressure. I'm going to be here till the end. So you can kind of say, well, I, I don't know if I'm ready to fall asleep. Uh, maybe I'm just going to listen for a little while and let Scoots keep me company. And I'd say, that's fine. Just drift off at your leisure. That's the way the show works. Uh, you fall asleep whenever you want. Maybe you don't even, ideally, you don't even know. You're listening to me. You're wondering if uh, I'm going to go back to pitter and patter and putter. And that would, you, that would like, a, we need a character, potter, pets, pitter, patter, and putter. Uh, and we need another word that like, uh, putter, putter, pitter, patter, putter, potter. Prodigiously put pets, pitter, and putter, and patter, uh, ponder, pondering, puttering, <laughs> pondering, putter, prodigiously patting, pitter, and patter, and putter. Or you could just say pitter, patter, putter, pitter, patter, and putter. Maybe that's not a quite a tongue twister, but ideally the podcast is a bit of a mind twist, you know, a, a, a mind twister. Or whatever, not, not a mind. I say that sounds a little bit. I say, yeah, more like a, Mind meander. So that's a structure show. That's what to expect. Uh, you can also expect me maybe in another episode to talk to BB-8 and BBD and see if we could get them to get 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 working together. Uh, but yeah, that's all. I mean, I guess that's basically it. Like, and the reason I make the show, the reason I'm here is because I want to. I, I I've always wanted someone when I when I couldn't sleep and when I can't sleep. Uh, I really just want someone to say, hey, that's, that stinks. I can see, can't sleep there. How about if I sit here and tell you a little story? How about I, if I just keep you company and try to take your mind off stuff? Because I really th- think you deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, you deserve a nice place to rest and, and get comfortable. And I don't know what else I could do, but I could sit here and keep you company and tell you a little story about a TV show I watch. And you say, well... What's the TV show? What well, Game of Thrones? Oof, that's that uh, sounds too exciting. Uh, well, not when I talk about it. More, more. I call it Game of Drones, and really, I just drone on. I mean, if you're if you're ever curious about uh, 
you know, may not like a TV show. And it, like, if you, if you ever had the experience of watching a movie and then not watching it for 20 years and then 20 years later watching it again and you say, Did I watched that movie. That's kind of like when I talk about the TV show, if you see it after I talk about it or before you say, Scooch, you were watching the same episode as me. I mean, the only time I thought I uh, thought of that was when you talked about uh, all of the jawlines uh, on all of the characters of the show. I mean, I, I definitely noticed, uh, well, I guess everyone has a jawline in some sense. Uh, so, may, may, huh, may, are you sure you were watching Game of Thrones, Scoots? You weren't watching, like, a, a channel where nothing was on. Nope, that was Game of Thrones, uh, season eight, maybe. maybe. I mean, I'm pretty sure. I watched it four times. Oh, wow, you watched the episode more than once. It sounded like you maybe barely, like, are you sure you didn't watch it, like, on an airplane, on someone's airplane TV, like, four rows in front of you without any audio? Yeah, no, I watched it, yeah. Oh, good, well, I guess it's working then, because it put me right to sleep. Uh, so that's the show. I'm here to keep you company. Take your mind off stuff as you drift off. I'm glad you're here. Give it a few tries if you're new. That's what almost everyone says. Uh, here's the thing. I really want to help you fall asleep. It's that simple. I believe you, like I said, you, you deserve it. You deserve it. You need it. You know, you, you need your sleep uh, and I want you to get it. Uh, if it doesn't work for you, I'm sorry. You can go to sleep with me podcast.com slash no thank you to check out some other stuff. Uh, but really that's it. I'm, I'm glad you're here. And I work very hard. I yearn and I strive, and I hope I can help you fall asleep. Uh, thanks for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we keep the show uh, going. Uh, hey, everybody. It's the Scoots here, and uh, we're talking about Season uh, 8, Episode 5 of Game of Thrones, The Bells. And I'm just uh, firing up the old uh, Roose Bolton, <laughs> let's just say Roose Bolton fantasy fiction machine, uh, kind of, because we're. Uh, what was that? I don't even remember what that machine did. This is more of an interesting thing. To get, get, we're, we're really solving a mystery this week. Uh, but before we get to it, there's a recap. Almost everything was from season seven, I believe, or season eight. Excuse me, wrong season. Uh, except for some of the chatter uh, that Danny's hearing, I think, in the last scene and and her, like her, her, the talking in her head. Uh, which may have been from every season. I, I didn't. I, I mean, sure, you can find a break, great breakdown of that. Or if that was from an episode, I'm not even sure. I don't know if that was like, that'd be interesting. I'm sure people are talking about this. So you could check out any of the Game of Thrones podcasts or the ton of writing about it, uh, which I have never done before this season, but now I've been consuming a lot of that stuff. Uh, uh, just because they say, well, it's the last season. I got to make the most of it and uh, make the toast of it, as Scoot says. Uh, but yeah, so I'd, I'd look that up uh, to see because I'll find out after, but I don't want to do, I don't consume anything before I record. But yeah, I don't know if that was uh, from an episode or, or that was like a previously on where the audio was from one place and the video was, or the uh, the film was from another place. And then we start with the opening credits, which, I mean, i got to be honest, I'm looking, I'm really interested in what the credits next week are going to be like. Uh, uh, but it's pretty much the same, except I noticed there's the pyres from uh, Winterfell, and I said, was that their last episode or not? 
and Winterfell is uh, still not in good shape. Again, I don't know if that was just from last episode two or not. Uh, and a lot of people, I get a lot of fan reaction from as soon as this episode ended airing of uh, Oh Boy Scoots. Uh, it, it, but little did everybody know, I was already on the case here. And I think I can really settle a lot of things of people kind of saying, what in the heck? Uh, we covered a little bit, I mean, so we talked about season eight, episode three, kind of having a strong similarity to this 80s ski comedy. And again, sometimes this is like direct influence, sometimes it's indirect influence, and sometimes it's just collective, like the uh, shifting sands of the collective unconscious. I don't know if anyone ever said that, but... Uh, like I don't know if Weiss and like I don't know if Game of Thrones is influenced by this or not, and I did it. You know I do these. Well, anyway, I have connections and not good connections, but I do have a lot of connections of people with interesting tastes. And I went to the screening that people were saying this is gonna. Do you think this is gonna be? No, no at the time, no one knew this. I didn't have anybody that had anything from Game of Thrones, but uh, they said I get this Italian. Uh, like it, 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 like it's a, like a, a team of uh, animation, live action filmmakers, and they kind of like make these uh, in Italy. They're making these Miyazaki style. Uh, I don't know. Like uh, this is an underground movie, and the reason I say that is because it's based on a lot of different IPs, uh, intellectual property, and that's why it's not like a like hasn't been released. Plus, it's pretty avant garde. But they said, the people that reached out to me said, I feel like this is like a Game of Thrones episode. It's like, like a, they after I did that one about the 80s movie, and it didn't have subtitles, and it was in Japan, I mean, it was in Italian, in, in some Japanese, but like, uh, it, uh, no, so, so I, and I didn't have anybody like, uh, that was interpreting it or anything for me. And it was only able to see the movie once, but I did bring my notebook. So, like, it makes it a little bit easier that it ended up, uh, I saw this movie, and then I saw the episode of Game of Thrones, and it was very much, uh, like, so similar. And I think that's, like, where you say, okay, was there, like, uh, how did this movie happen when it's almost exactly, like, again, just like the 80s movie, shot for shot, nearly shot for shot, like, uh, I mean, different than the episode of uh, The Bells, uh, but not that different. Characters, uh, everything. And the plot of the uh, the movie, uh, which, again, I was trying to say, they said, well, you can't really put it in English, but it was basically, it had a nicer title, uh, but it was like Flowers in the Attic 2 was what I kept calling it. And they say, no, Scoots, it's not like, uh, that's not exactly it. Uh, so there's this movie called Flowers in the Attic, also a book. Uh, then there's a lot of stories where kids go through the wardrobe. Like, I don't think this was, like, exactly like like a C.S. Lewis. Uh, but so this movie, I'm just trying to give you the backstory of the movie. It's profoundly influenced by the movie Flowers in the Attic, uh, but not a direct reboot or sequel, but it is a, a sequel in some sense because then it also mashes up with... Uh, I don't know, fantastical elements that you might see in a Miyazaki movie and stuff uh, that you might see in a movie based on a C.S. Lewis book, but not exactly. Or just the characters of the family, kids, like uh, 
And you'll see as I kind of flush it out. You think there was one more, one or two. Oh, uh, what's that Disney one? Uh, Fantasia. Uh, so a lot going on. So I'll run through the movie as I like took these notes. Uh, it opened. Oh, that was. A, I already said that. So like, and again, I don't know the characters' names in the movies because it like. Uh, but it opens with Varys, uh, who in the movie kind of plays this uncle figure. And, oh, it's because this movie's about these gardens. But you'll see that he's writing about the true, true uh, heir to the garden. Uh, he's writing this note, a letter about the gar- the gardens and the keeper of the gardens. Or, and, the, and the then a child comes in who's this little bird. And, again, my retelling of it may be inaccurate. So if you've seen the movie, you're in a rare company of uh, a handful of people. But... Uh, but so the child comes in, she says, like, the garden, this is what I was able to pick up. The garden queen isn't sleeping. And Varys says, Uncle Varys or whatever you want to call him in this, uh, says it was all worth it. Like, Varys is a lover of growing things. Uh, he gives a serious look. Uh, it is all worth it. Serious look. Uh, then we see Tyrion watching out a window. And Tyrion, you'll see, we'll get into like Tyrion, who Tyrion is in this movie, not the Tyrion from Game of Thrones, but I'm just using because it is just a st- eerie shot for shot remake. Uh, he's watching Jon Snow pull up on this duck pond, uh, and he's he's got a serious look. And now Jon Snow is one of the kids that went through the wardrobe into this world. Uh, and, and Ari is another kid, but the other kids, Bran and uh, Sansa, even though they're not in this episode, they were part of it. Like, because just in case there's another version of the movie that corresponds to next week. Uh, so Jon Snow and Varys, Varys is waiting for Jon Snow. So they start talking off, oh, they off board. They're, they come across this, they were uh, on a, like a rowboat in a duck pond. And they talk about that Varys is basically like, you could be the king of the gardens, Jon Snow. And he kind of uses a little bit of a patriarchy kind of angle. And what does this say? John Kids Through Almanac uh, story. I don't know what that means. Oh, John is one of the kids that went through the armoire. But he could be the garden king, Varys says. Uh, Patriarchy rules. Uh, he says, you might be a right ruler. And he says, uh, I know you know you could be the Garden King. And he also says, what I tell you now is true. And Jon Snow wants nothing to do with leadership. Uh, so we kind of realize that this is very much like the episode. He says, she's my queen. And he says, bye, you know, like, back, boy, bye. And Tyrion's watching. He knows what's happening. You know, he was uh, he's a smart guy. And he goes into another room. He says, your grace, he walks in. And this is where we start to see the parallels between the movie Flowers and the Attic in this. And if you haven't seen the movie Flowers and the Attic, don't. Uh, because it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a movie about these, these twins, very much, again, like Jamie and Cersei, that are uh, a brother and sister. They're older, like 20 years old or something. Uh, they're also, I don't know if in the movie they're in love, but because I've been so influenced by Jamie and Cersei. And they're watching their siblings, which in this was Tyrion 
And I don't know, was there another Lannister? I, I can't even remember anymore. Yeah, but so it doesn't matter in this case. And they live in the, in the movie, The Flowers in the Attic. They live in a mansion, but they can only stay in the attic. Uh, and their mom's going through something, but she's kind of also like very much like Tar- Targaryens. Their mother and their grandmother are very much like Targaryens, even though they're Lannisters. Oh boy, this really complicates trying to explain flowers in the attic in a sleep podcast inside a Italian like anime. You know, this is complicated stuff. It's good for sleep, I guess. But uh, the reason I bring up the flowers in the attic here is because even though Daenerys's character, which we'll call her Danny, in this uh, in the movie, she's a self-proclaimed queen of dragons. Uh, I mean, no, no, that's the Game of Thrones. She's the queen of flowers, or the Garden Queen. Uh, but they have this moment, because, uh, okay, so in the in the movie, the Italian movie, that's Flowers in the Attic 2, like, really, the Targaryen, uh, the getting carried away Targaryen-ness, really, like, in Flowers in the Attic, was not Danny's family, but... Uh, the Lannisters, which I know is so tough to follow. Uh, but as soon as we see a look on her face, it harkens back uh, uh, to the mom and the grandmother in the movie Flowers in the Attic, which you say, wait a second, they were, because again, this isn't about Game of Thrones, so, so, but again, you're saying, uh, huh, she's got that same look, uh, which is a look of like, uh, like a, a door without hinges, I guess you'd say. Uh, as a way to put it, like, uh, indirectly. So just her look, if you've seen Flowers in that, as soon as you see Danny, even in the Game of Thrones or in this movie, she's the Queen of Gardens in the movie, though, you say, that's like the grandmother in uh, Flowers in the Attic, even though, so it's more like a filmic technique and, you know, foreshadowing, no doubt about it, uh, Okay, so flashback to looking flowers in the attic. Uh, uh, they say the garden has been betrayed. And she says, John Snow. And he goes, no, Varys. Uh, and she goes, no, no, no. You told Sansa. Or you heard this. He heard it from you who heard it from Sansa who heard it from John. Rumors uh, bother me every day. Just need some time, you know, to get away. And she goes, spreading secrets because of Sansa. You got played, uh, dude, uh, by Sansa, who's not in this movie, but uh, she's one of the kids from the wardrobe, which, again, they're just influences different because they came to this world through a wardrobe. And they claim to be on the side of growing things and flowers everywhere in balance. Uh, uh, the Star Kids, we'll call them in this. Uh, and she, but the, now that she, she used to be the, the queen, she was the queen of the garden, right? But solely Daenerys is becoming a queen of flowers, uh, only, or maybe, I don't know, but she says, he says, my, my intentions were good. And he, he says, we all want a garden of growth. Uh, and she said that one of them says, it doesn't matter now. No. Uh, then there's another close-up. You see the parallels uh, with, uh, again, uh, flowers in the attic, uh, hingeless doors, uh, 
also like people would say, like uh, yeah like uh, you just say okay this isn't like Danny's not in a grounded state I think we could say that and maybe like like she's I don't know so then we go back to Varys uh, who in this movie is writing letters again very saying saying oh wait maybe I shouldn't have wrote that down maybe he's writing in his diary. Uh, takes off his rings, which I think in the movie like uh, was symbolic of him knowing uh, that he was going to be off. Uh, then Grey Worm comes. He's one of the garden guards in the mo- in this movie. And they go down to the beach by the duck pond. And Danny, John, and Tyrion are there. John's hands are behind his back, I think, just standing. That's how he likes to stand. And Tyrion says, it was me, man, to Varys. Uh, I told on you. And Varys says, well, I hope I was, I'm wrong. That uh, He goes, well, look at, I mean, he doesn't say this, but we know as the audience, you see, look at that. Uh, don't you remember the movie Flowers in the Attic? Because Tyrion was one of the kids uh, that needed Flowers in the Attic anyway, or whatever the movie was. And I haven't seen the movie Flowers in the Attic ever in a clear-headed state, either I was a really young or I was like, uh, like, uh, like, and I never seen the movie straight through because it's just, uh, I don't know. So I should probably stop referring to it too, because, uh, but so let's see, Tyrion, he says it was me. This is, this is like how you get to this point. You say, okay, what's more sleepy? This episode of Game of Thrones or fl- you say flowers? Uh, okay. So hope I'm wrong. The children raised in worlds? What does that say? All children raised in worlds? I don't know what that means. Does that, my, my handwriting is, uh, I hope I'm wrong. All children raised in worlds. Uh, I mean, basically, everyone wants to chill, kids raised in a world with great growth and gardens. Uh, also, does, oh, oh, maybe this, I was saying that, uh, these are all like kids that grew up, uh, like they came to this world as children, even though they're adults, they're still acting like children. Uh, there's a nice arm touch in there. And then, uh, Danny says, Lord Varys, I queen of, uh, the gar- garden queen, first of my name, breaker chains, you know, sends you to be kissed by my giant goose, uh. And she has this giant goose she rides, which is gross. Uh, don't get kissed by a goose. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty uh, as you see, I don't know where that beak's been. I don't like, uh, it's also symbolically there, like a sign of like, that you have to leave. Like that people like, uh, no longer, when you've been kissed by a goose, they actually call you a goose kisser. And you have, you can't, you have to leave the area immediately. You can never return. And so he's kissed by, Varys is kissed by a goose, and then it's like they ignore him. Uh, Danny, Grey Worm, oh, then Danny's like in a room, Grey Worm's there. Yeah, they're kind of talking about Masande, uh, who, like, before the movie, so that was her best friend. And her main, one of her main advisors that helped her kind of see the balance of uh, weeds and flowers and other growing things. Uh, by one of the two twins. Uh, oh, yeah, so Masande, uh, the sister. Okay, so to get back to the Lannisters, uh, in this case, uh, to make it easy to describe. 
the Lannisters are Jamie and Cersei, who were the twins, and then Tyrion's one of the younger siblings. Uh, now, Cersei is she grew this giant, so she lives in the still lives in the house where they lived uh, by herself, like with her advisors and stuff. And I think, it, like, I don't know, this is just when the movie starts. Uh, in around her house, uh, this giant mansion is this giant garden. A lot of it is protected by what we would call weeds, uh, like thistles, prickers, uh, cactuses, uh, whatever, the other stuff, like prickly stuff. Uh, also, there's flowers in there, too. Uh, but on the outside, it just looks like it's a bunch of pricker bushes and stuff. Uh, what was my point there? Oh, like she, uh, she uh, goose kissed. I mean, she is a different thing other than a goose. But it kissed uh, Masande, uh, who made her like she had to leave the the gardens forever and go be an adult. I think like that's the other thing. If you get kissed by a goose, you have to go live a grown up life, even though you're a grown up. Uh, because the thing is, it's a garden of plenty. So as long as it's in balance, uh, which I guess none of them realize. They say, well, I'm an adult. I'm a kid in an adult's body. I don't know these scientific things. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to put words in the characters' mouths now. Uh, yeah, but they're talking about Masande, who is now, you know, in the adult world. She left the kids to the world, of the garden world, the garden realm. Uh, boy, one of those, but boy, by one of those twins, by the sister. Jon Snow comes in. This is like 1630 in the um, HBO app. There's a great, amazing long pause. And uh, then Danny says, Didn't I tell you your sister's blabbermouth? Uh, and she goes, Again, no love around me. Only people worried about getting kissed by a goose. Uh, and he says, I love you. You're my queen, uh, queen of my garden, in the garden in my heart. And she says, only a queen? And he goes, well, also technically you're my aunt, uh, which again is convoluted because they came through the armoire, uh, which makes me think everybody in this whole episode, some, I mean, the whole series is somehow related because she's like, uh, anyway, but she, there's this great whisper. She says, all right, then. after." Uh, he won't kiss his aunt. Uh, they put iron whisper. Her whisper is like uh, like a uh, iron level, uh, and she says, "Let it be goose kisses." Then, or people worried about being kissed by the goose. Uh, then we're in the throne, former throne room. Uh, the gar- queen of the gardens, or garden queen, or whatever. Uh, Tyrion's trying to talk to her. He says, uh, okay, again, I want to review this. Uh, Even in other worlds, there's IPM, integrated management of uh, things that aren't good for growing things. And he goes, we just happen to have the pleasure of being in that situation already. He goes, the weeds are, are balanced. You know, they're a place where things live that deal with the things that would mess up the flowers and the fruiting in the vegetable, vegetabling, and he goes, you know, whose fault is it to, to be weeds? Uh, but meanwhile, you know, Danny's just not there, like not a hundred percent present anymore in her understanding of the balance of gardens and growth. Uh, and she says, mercy is our strength. Uh, she goes for the future of gardens. Uh, 
know, people shouldn't have to go through gardens and get pricked. This is pretty simple. Uh, or worry, you know, worry about IVs or anything. Uh, uh, so, oh, I put a long story here for the future of gardens. They put a long story. So, Cersei, I think I already explained this. Yeah, uh, here's my explanation. Sister Cersei in the this movie has her own garden around the mansion, pricker bushes, and more. So Cersei's basically like, we're going to mow, we're going to weed every weed in the garden, starting with the garden around this mansion and this Cersei, because she's calling herself the queen of the gardens, too. And, you know, she's just this queen of weeds, you know, more like queen of weeds. Uh, and a couple other things. People are like adult children or, you know, children, adult children will just say are living in all of this. Uh, and they actually have like so like here's the thing I used I've done a lot when I was a kid we used to spend a lot of time in pricker bushes, and so you might say this is ridiculous and we never did this exactly because we spent a lot of time there, but you learn where you could crawl through the pricker bushes without getting scraped. Uh, you just naturally learn that because uh, we had an entire yard next to our house. Uh, uh, that was the backyard of our neighbors that was never trimmed to anything, and it was 98% pricker bushes. And we still found a way to get through there and play in there, and even like places like where you could live. I mean, we didn't, but we said, Oh, when we move away from home, we're going to live in here. Yeah, but if, if you weren't there, what you'd do is you'd attach bells uh, to the places where you could crawl through and uh, shake them. That's what they do in this movie, which you said is brilliant. Oh, if you hear a bell ring, head towards it, you'll know that's a safe spot to crawl through or maybe even walk through. And Tyrion says, well, how about this? If we decide uh, we're not going to weed the gardens, uh, the bells are a sound of safety, uh, so we'll ring. We'll just ring all the bells and everybody will know, okay, gardens and the weeds are back in balance. And Cersei will probably give up because uh, she know she has to. It's common sense. Uh, so that's where the bells kind of came from in this one. And also, there's like flower be like again. This is where it starts to get a little fantastical. There are flowers uh, in pricker bushes, and uh, you realize that they're like Fantasia. So they they're not. It's a little bit. So it's more acceptable. They're still vegetative, but they walk around and stuff. Because uh, you see, they don't have eyes or uh, mouths. So we identify with them a little bit less uh, than something that's fully anthropomorphized. Uh, also, your. Oh, and then Circe, or Khaleesi says, uh, Danny says, uh, also, your brother was br busted. He was trying to sneak back to your sister's house. Uh, and she says, next time you fail me, it'll be the last time you fail me. Say, holy mackerel. Queen's Comet. Queen Cersei is getting all the kids behind the pricker bushes. Uh, so we see her there. Get, oh, a lot of kids are berry picking. Uh, Onion Knight waits. We see the Onion Knight. That's, uh, what's his name? Uh, it's not Sir Jorah. Come on, Scoots. Uh, but one of my favorite characters who's, you know, my brain doesn't always work right. But uh, so he's waiting. Uh, for John and Tyrion, and uh, he says, in, the, in daybreak, uh, we're going to swoop in there and uh, start pulling weeds. Uh, 
Nobody's going to like it. I don't know what that says. John and Tyrion. Oh, an onion. Uh, uh, then we see the Hound and the Arya. And they're on a mission. They say, we're going to go in. We're just going to ask her to leave the house. And then the whole thing will be solved uh, uh, with Cersei. Uh, then Jamie goes to the, or Tyrion goes to see this Jamie character in the movie. Exactly like the show. Uh, in a tent, 2330. Uh, before he goes into the tent, there's a brief uh, comic interlude. Uh, which uh, with uh, just translations, uh, you could see that twenty three thirty or something. Uh, and then there's even then there's you know there's a brief comedy between Jamie and uh, he says how how they find you? He goes my golden hand, dude. He goes I'm not the brightest. Uh, he goes I'm the looker, you know. And he goes oh yeah I forgot. He goes yeah you're just he goes I didn't realize you're the, you weren't the, you're the brains I'm the looks. Now, they don't know about Arya and the Hound going to convince Cersei. So he says, go convince Cersei, you know, because we want, we need butterflies, we need weeds, we need birds, uh, we need grubs, uh, we need everything. And he goes, do, do you even know about soil erosion? And he goes, I'm the looks, man, not the brains. He goes, uh, he goes, no one, he goes, between Cersei and Danny, no one even believes that, uh, you know, he goes, this is soil, he goes, this is soil erosion issue too. Water retention. He goes, do you know anything about rootstock? He goes, I'm the looks. Uh, he goes, sorry, I'm just going off on a tirade that Scoot's planted in my, this was what the movie, so there's a little bit of a gardening message. He goes, kids, also kids eat berries. Everybody eats the berries. Uh, Jamie says, I give up. Uh, and then Tyrion kind of comes up with a different, he goes, go run away together. Uh, he goes, go get your sister. And your, you know, true love, uh, start a new life. Mo- go, he goes, I'll tell you where the armoire is. You could go back out through the armoire. There's a mansion on that side too. And he says, you could start a new life there. Do it. Uh, he goes, but before you do ring all the bells, uh, so again, this was one point in the movie and actually show I didn't quite get, I was like, uh, but if you're ringing the bells, like when it's not a hundred percent guaranteed, because they thought they were supposed to ring the bells uh, when they say, hey, we give up, uh, Cersei's gone. But he says, ring the bells no matter what, kind of. I, that's how I took it. And he says, you're going to get in a lot of trouble with the Queen of Gardens for this one. He goes, it'll be a fair trade. Uh, also, the numbers constantly change. It goes from millions to thousands or something, but whatever. He says, uh, I owe you for, uh, he goes, dude, like we already been through a lot in that first movie. Uh, so." Did you help me? You helped me deal with mom and grandma. You got me through it. And it's really a loving moment. He says, I love you. He says, I love you too. Uh, so that's it. Then um, we see the duck pond uh, outside of uh, Cersei's house, has this giant duck pond covering a lot of like 50% of the backside of the house. And in it are all these Canadian geese, which always bug people that come to, like, uh, they, like so they're protective because they say no one's going to come bug this side of the geese pond. With the geese there, no one's going to bug it, like, bother because the geese will bug them. Uh, then we see a bunch of ki- kids or adult kids getting ready to defend the, the pricker bushes with berries and stuff like that. Then we see the moving pricker bushes and stuff, getting ready to defend things. Uh, 
And we see this cool uh, Ari and Hound moment where they're rolling into the, they're already into the cat, like uh, these weed gardens, I guess we could call them for shorthand. Even though there's flowers and birds and everything in them. Like, oh, then Jamie comes in. He kind of ungloves his gold hand and tries to get it. Then we see the Golden Company who are, uh, again, protect. They say, we're here to protect the weeds, man. We can't, like, if they're just working there, so they actually believe in the cause of garden balance. They just believe in the, the, they say, we're supposed to be here protecting this garden. And people are like, it's not a garden. It's just weed, overgrown weeds. Uh, and they say, you don't know what's on inside. Tons of birds and, you know, forest friends. Uh, uh, so there's a showdown or a stare down with the people that work for the Garden Queen, who are like the snow kids and the other kids that have gone through the wardrobe. Uh, then the garden guards and then other ki- people like uh, from other realms that uh, the Garden Queen has uh, liberated. Uh, now, she liberated them from being, being forced to work, uh, keeping gardens in balance, like where she said they, she, they were getting work, working and not getting paid. Yeah, but that part gets kind of forgotten about. So we see all the other kids. Uh, everybody's getting ready. If you open her to the bells, call it off. Uh, Oh, Tyrion again says to Jen, like, if you hear the bells, call it all off. Don't weed this whole garden, man. Can't do it. Because Jen's just still following. He says, I'm following orders of the queen, man. I think maybe it is a good idea to at least weed away most of the um, stuff guarding the greater garden that Cersei's hiding behind. Uh, Tyrion and Onion, I share a look. And then we see Cersei. She looks out from the house, like the big windows of the house over her whole garden. The garden part with the flowers and the, like, trim, you know, the the, um, landscaped garden and the weeds uh, protecting the landscaped garden. Close up a house is is, is something. Two birds. What does that mean? Jamie tries uh, to get in. Oh, we see two nice birds. They kind of become a thematic thing. And one of the birds has a toy uh, in one of its things. Uh, and uh, they just kind of influence, like, uh, I don't know, they're kind of there to just tell, like, an uh, extra story of, like, uh, the plight of two birds caught in the middle of this garden where every kid is acting like a kid. And instead of saying, let's just protect the balance of this whole thing, we hear a little tease of Reigns of Castamere because everybody tries to get in the house uh, once they know. Or once they suspect uh, this garden's about to get weeded, we, like uh, some of us are weeds, but some of us like are, like a like Bernie the butterfly we might say, "Hey, I'm a caterpillar on the um, leaf of a weed." Yeah, what about me? You know, then I say, "I hear you." That's like that's this is where this like really paid off, uh, and especially in Miyazaki styling. Uh, yeah, let's see. Reigns Casimir, Cersei, Tyrion. Oh, so we're, well, series of sh- like there's a lot of shots of uh, facial reaction shots and really strong acting, silent acting. I mean, in the animation, I guess it was not acting in what I was watching, but I was comparing it to the Game of Thrones episode. There's wind. 
We see the geese pond or the duck pond again. The geese are waiting. Uh, then the wind kind of picks up one of the head geese. Uh, there's a, like uh, there's even people in uh, swan boats down there too, uh, which I didn't notice originally. Yeah, kind of geese keepers or whatever. And what does that say? Birchers. Uh, okay, so then, oh, so Euron. So Cersei's new boyfriend, Euron's down there in the geese boat. And he looks up. Now, Cersei, uh, she has that giant goose, right? Uh, and all of a sudden we see her goose coming down. And then we hear this sound. And it's the sound of a friggin' uh, mower. Like a lawnmower, uh, which she had gone, not just a spoiler, she had gone through the armoire back to the modern world, got a lawnmower, then came back. Uh, so, obviously, for a world that's never dealt with a lawnmower that's full of weeds and uh, flowers, uh, the geese don't like that, so they fly away. Uh, Euron jumps out of the swan boat, and the swan boat gets a lawn mode. Uh, Neuron is in a duck geese pond, which is just like gross anyway. Uh, so the geese are gone, they fly away. Birchers, I don't know what that means. Uh, oh, then we have a standoff uh, between the garden guards, uh, the, the, the people from the armoire team, everybody, they're waiting against the golden company, who again, like I said, the one dude, he's like, uh, was a wit like one of the kids, like original investors or something. I don't know. So they're waiting. Everybody looks up tight. They're exchanging looks. And then they start hearing sounds and they say, What is that sound? Uh, especially again, in a world that's never heard a lawnmower, a lawnmower sound is uh, distinctively out of place. And especially like when you listen to it, you know, it makes the sound as it's going. You say, What is it doing even? A gray worm steps forward. Uh, nobody likes it. Uh, Runa B. It's a Howard rundown. Okay. Oh, the horses don't like the sound even. Of course they don't. Who would like the sound? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I mean, a human in our world, at a distance, the lawn mowing sound to me, at the right time of day, is relaxing, you know, not, you know, not all the time or not too close or when I'm recording a podcast. Well, I don't have any lawn near me. Uh, so usually there's not much of going. Anyway, uh, so horses don't like it. Uh, I don't know what runeby means. Oh, uh, mowing begins to commence. Uh, it's on. So, oh, running. They say, okay, let's, uh, I think this is when it starts. It says it's time to weed the gardens. Uh, yeah, so they start running towards the castle. As Cersei, like, just mows straight through a pricker bush, like, in, it, like, it opens a door right into the the greater garden. Oh, yeah, the dude from Harvard tries to run. Uh, he was the leader of the Golden Company. He says, what the heck? Uh, why, I don't even believe in this cause. Uh and Grey Worm says, uh, Grey Worm sends him a goose's kiss. Carter of the week, uh, Carter of the week, uh, I don't know, it's time to weed the garden, so. First, just, oh, okay, so, but they're very specific at first. They're, they're going after prickers, uh, thistles, nettles, I forgot about them, cacti, which is, oh, cacti. 
if you're going to even weed the cacti, I don't know. They're not even technically weeds, but they're weeding those things. And you say, okay, well, some of the flowers might get accidentally stepped on. And the birds will get away. Like, see, see, this isn't great, but okay, well, they're just going to, maybe this isn't a, maybe there was a more buildup. Like, maybe they're just going to weed away the prickers and the prickly things and any, you know, itchy stuff. And then Cersei will leave the house and every, then they'll say, okay, now we'll restore the balance. Uh, I really am the keeper of the gardens. Yeah, the Garden Queen. I'm nothing like Cersei and Jamie and Tyrion's uh, grandmother and mother in the movie, the first movie that's so almost nearly unrelated to this. But uh, uh, then we see Cersei sees everything, but she does not see. Like, she might see it with her eyes, but uh, her dissonance, she's on full dissonance. Uh, she hears, but she does not hear. I mean, so she was looking at an empty garden, like a like a mowed swan boats and no geese, and then uh, watching a mower just mow through, watching her garden get weeded. I mean, especially breaker bushes. I mean, this is like a serious mower, you know. Here's what does not hear. Tyrion walks into the city like, holy cow, this is also Tyrion's, from a lot of people's perspective, see, this is just a sloppy job, too. You know, because if, you, if you're going to do it right, you wouldn't just mow a pricker bush, right? You'd trim it down and then dig it out, uh, not just be mowing over it. It makes a big mess. Uh. So Tyrion walks through and it's just a mess. You see, well, these are just prickers mowed everywhere and trampling. Nothing's been done. He goes, you're supposed to do this with time, you know, to bail you. He says, oh, boy, this is a really rushed, botched job. Uh, towards it, he walks into the city or towards it. I was wondering. Then we see Clegane and uh, uh, the housekeeper of the mansion, whose name is Clyburn. Yeah, and he says, "Your Grace, to Circe." Again, I'm watching this in Italian, so it's a good thing to have all this Game of Thrones names to throw around. Uh, he says, I think, uh, and she she goes, don't worry, we got surrounded by pricker bushes. He goes, there's no pricker bushes left. Uh, she goes, I got those geese that hiss and bug people and they even poop on people. And she goes, he goes, there's no geese left. Uh, and she goes, there's nothing to worry about. Uh, and he goes, yes, your grace. Uh, then who will walk? Uh, I rate hands on Wednesday, hands of Wednesday. Heart of Weeds, a cool walk into the heart of the weeds. Okay. Okay, so we have, like, John, Onion Knight, and everybody, and they're doing some cool walking into the, like, heart of, like, the last weeds. Uh, so they've been weeding a lot, uh, and there's this last group of kid adults that are, like, defending the weeds with throwing berries and stuff like that uh, and swinging nettles and stuff like that. But they stop because they say, well, if you're going to, it looks like you're about to weed out. It's a little bit of like a tense standoff. And then Tyrion's waiting for the bells to ring. Jamie's running. We don't really know where he's going. Yeah, let's see. On walks. Or no, he's not running. I said, dude, he's walking. Uh, I put WTF. Uh, Cersei's waiting up in the mansion. Waits on something. I can't read it. France and Thress. And then uh, the giant goose lands, like, with the mower still running, but not open. Like, so just the engine's running, but it's not in gear. 
facing everybody, but just hearing this giant goose, which can squawk uh, with the mower. So all the kids, they say, forget it. We're not going to go ahead, take the garden, get Cersei out of here. We're done. Uh, they say, let's, we'll just get out of this garden here. And you can finish weeding it, I guess, or we'll weed it, whatever. Uh, and then there's reaction shots, uh, like a, a store of stay shot, like a long shot of the sky shadow, sky shot of the garden. Then Cersei, then Jamie, then Tyrion. Come on, Tyrion's like, come on, ring the bells, man. Uh, then we cut to start getting close ups of Daenerys, uh, the queen of the gardens, and we see. Again, uh, if you, I guess it's only, I think they probably did something. If you, I guess it would, but if you've seen the first flowers in the attic, you say, holy cow, that's that she is like, uh, become one with the grandmother and the mother from that movie. The grandmother, I think is the one. Uh, then we see Tyrion, uh, hand, what does that say? Hound or hands? Uh, Fox, oh, like, I think that's more of the goose, uh, Daenerys, uh, and we see a close-up of her face again, uh, and then we see, like, real close-ups of Cersei and Danny's faces, uh, Cersei's mouth is open, uh, one way, Tyrion's mouth's open another way, and, uh, Danny's mouth's open another, another way, just good, good acting, good animating in the movie I saw, yeah, so we go Cersei, Danny, Cersei, the bells, Tyrion, the bells ring, and then we see John do, whew, I can breathe here. I'm watching it live right now, but I don't know. Oh, yeah, then uh, it's too late. Like, uh, he says, John says, I can breathe. Cersei closes her eyes. I guess this is it. Uh, I lost my attempts to be the queen of this garden. Uh, then we see De- De- Tyrion. Then we just notice that the bells are getting on Daenerys' ner- nerves, uh, where you could just see by her uh, the animating. She says these bells are making my ears, bogging my ears. Uh, stop the bells, and then she says, "Well, I'll just cover up the bells with the sound of the mower." And then she says, "You know, I'll just mow all the because uh, she doesn't know where the the bells are in the like." Uh, in the garden, uh, so she says, I'm just going to start mowing, uh, all the prick, like anything. She just starts mowing, like, uh, she's just got bell overload, right? And everybody realizes, uh, it's like you're not even mowing in straight lines, or, uh, like you see, especially with your mowing with a flying swan, it's just not a good idea. So Tyrion, we get a Tyrion, oh no, look, then John, oh no, look. Uh, then a Grey Worm look that just says, uh, I loathe weeds. Uh, and anyone that support weeds, like, that uh, the Grey Worm is with Daenerys at this point of, like, let's just rid the world of all weeds. Uh, even at growing things, uh, that could be a weed. You know, you've seen this progression in regular humanity or in movies. You say, no, that could be a weed, too. You know, once that starts, uh, so then they say, cut it all down, man, or everything. It's all weeds or it could be hiding weeds. Uh, and Jen says, no, 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 you can't do that. Uh, and then we go through Grey Worm. Uh, 
uh, like in slow-mo, just cutting uh, mostly weeds down, but some plants. Uh, at this point, fl- the flowers are still like mostly safe, but then some flowers start getting cut down. Uh, then we see Danny mowing away. Then we see the city getting mowed. I mean, or whatever, the giant garden. Uh, uh, then we see Cersei looking out then a long shot. Yeah, then we see Tyrion. Then we see the Onion Knight telling like the kids that used to help with the garden, say, "Hey, let's get out of here because you know, like when a bricker gets mowed, you could still get, you know." He goes, "Let's go." So he's helping. We see more mowing. We see Jon Snow. There's like a shot of him from behind. It's a slow. He's slow walking. He's totally stunned. Like he's gonna be a double, be a double RF, and it's like uh, he's still kind of doing a little hero. He, they give him a little hero moment. Um, uh, then we see Danny, then a long mowing shot. Uh, uh, seriously watching, she says to herself, "Maintain composure." Like you could feel her saying that to herself, "Maintain proper posture and composure," even as your entire garden. Uh, I mean, for her, because she says, when I was a kid, I used to dream about getting out of this mansion and uh, having this garden be mine, protected. Uh, then we see uh, Jamie. Oh, this is another WTF. All of a sudden, Jamie's on the the beach outside the goose pond, which that one I just said. And then I, I think he rang the bells, but I'm not sure. And believe me, I mean, it's still, this that part had already passed, but... Uh, Somehow I'm behind the episode. Oh no, here's J- no no. Okay, well the part where the bells got rang. I'm like exactly with the episode right now. J- John Snow slow walking. I guess I'm three minutes longer than the episode though. Somehow. Uh, so then Euron. Uh, oh, so Euron. So Jamie comes out of the duck pond and Euron's there. So Cersei's old new boyfriend. Uh, and Jamie says, great, man. Like, we both love Cersei. Let's go get her out of there. Uh, and he, he doesn't tell him about going through the armoire, but he was about to. And he goes, no, 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 man. I'm her boyfriend, period. He goes, I'm, I, he, he goes, I have a goose to kiss you. And then she'll never, you know, then it's over. Uh, then all brings goose house. Uh, yeah, so then Jamie says, what about a thumb war for, for who gets kissed by a goose? Yeah, you, you something. Oh, Cersei's, she's still looking on. And uh, Clyburn says, it's time to go. And she goes, it's fine. And uh, then we see a tear on her eye. She goes, no, no, no. And he goes, yeah, let's go to Greg, 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 the Greg... He goes, there's another place we could go. He doesn't know about the armoire. He knows about another place uh, that's totally safe, he says. Uh, and then we even see outside uh, that, the, the, like, not only is Cersei using oil, now she's using propane, like, she has this propane hookup uh, and her mower or something. Kind of like, that's the wildfire in the um, uh, Game of Thrones episode. And this one was a little bit different. Uh, it was built into the mower. Shot of city. Then we see Jamie and Euron, and they go back and forth. They're playing thumb war, but meanwhile, Euron has like a, a goose like under his shirt. So his goose reaches up and kisses Jamie, 
But Jamie turns his face, so she actually gets kissed on the shoulder. And so technically, Jamie says that doesn't count as I wasn't kissed on the face by a goose. Uh, so they keep doing a thumb war. And meanwhile, you know, the goose is still trying to kiss Jamie. So Jamie again gets kissed on the shoulder again. But Jamie makes this move where he wins the thumb war, and then the goose kicks, kisses Euron in the face. Uh, so Jamie says, you lost the thumb war, and you got kissed on the face by a goose, dude. And your and Euron goes, well, I had you kissed twice by a goose. No one, you know, you, you're going to, Cersei's going to smell the goose on you, dude. And he goes, well, I got to go, you know, save my sister and my true love. Uh, bye. Yeah, go home. Too many. Okay, where is this? Okay, no, I'm ahead of myself here. Another king for you. Off to my sister. He's, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. He says, uh, I'm the man who had a go- goose uh, kiss Jamie Lannister's both his shoulders uh, or something like that. Uh, I'm the man whose goose kissed Jamie Lannister. That's what he says. Again, I think, because I don't speak Italian. Uh, uh, so then we see again maybe more of uh, the mowing. Then we have the hound and Arya. And the hound goes, listen, Arya, you hear that mowing? There's too many weeds. There's too much. Uh, he goes, uh, this whole, he goes, you know what's next? Uh, she's going to mow the house down. And Ari goes, it's not possible to mow a house down. He goes, it is. That's why in the animated version, they made those attachments for the mower. And he goes, she's on a giant flying goose. Uh, go home and be with your family. Maybe go back through the armoire. I don't know. Uh, but don't stay here. Don't be like me. Because this isn't like the movie with King Louie. You don't want to be like you. You know, I don't want to be, you don't want to be like me. Uh, and she goes, huh? And she, then she goes, maybe she's right. And she goes, Sandor, thank you. And then let's see, stars mowing going on, maybe more mowing, uh, slow motion or something. And then we see Cersei's trying to leave with uh, now one of her main uh, peeps, other than the housekeeper, is the the old bellman or the doorman, who again. There's also this, like, mashup with this uh, uh, Mary Shelley book. I'll just put it that way. And uh, so, the, like, uh, his brother's a bit like a character from one of those books, uh, even though he's, like, the the doorman, the hound, you know. And his hound's brother, Sandor's brother, Gregor. And he goes, Your Grace, which was great. Uh, then there's other people that try to, like... Uh, Meanwhile, the house is getting mowed at this point. Uh, he says, hello, big brother. So, Granger waits? Uh, no, thanks. Uh, they tell Sir Gregor, uh, they say, hey, we're in control of you. But Sir Gregor even knows. He says, the house is getting mowed, dude. Uh, he doesn't speak at all. But, and again, it was in Italian anyway. But basically, he says, no, thanks. Uh, Cersei says, I'm leaving then. Uh, and then we have the showdown, which everybody's calling the, before this happened, the Clegane Bowl. After, I have no idea. Uh, maybe they called it the stair dance or something. I don't know. Because they're going to have one-on-one uh, uh, thing. Uh, foothold? I don't know what that says. Uh, 
because they bust out these nerfs, uh, like like where they're trying to get nerf darts to stick on one another. Yeah, Cersei and Jamie are reunited back in the map room. Uh, so back in the attic, uh, in in this case, uh, in the show, in the map room, uh, in the movie, in the attic, you say, holy cow, holy deep meaning. Uh, where it all happened, where brother and sister uh, supported, you know, true love. Uh, I mean, maybe, you know, don't get it, you know, as don't get it to it, but it is uh, still true, true love, uh, or seems like it. A uh, house was made of weeds, because so even the ivy, I think that's what triggered uh, uh, Danny, was that the house is covered in ivy. Because you say, why would someone mow a house? I say, good point. I forgot to mention the house is ivy covered. Uh, so then the Clegane Bowl is going on, which is basically like a nerf competition, nerf dart competition. And then you have Arya. She's trying to leave to get out of there, but like, it's like hard to find your way. Like when there's mowing going on, and like weeding with propane weeding. And just just kind of uh, like mud, you know, mud, everything. It's all getting everything mowed. Even now, at this point, even the flowers are getting mowed by like it's pure weed, everything. You know, it's it's like at this point, don't even leave the grass uh, because Danny considers it, like people just have, you know, whatever you call it. I've never heard of this happening because it's so tedious uh weeding no one ever says you really got carried away weeding i guess they do they say that wasn't a weed that was a flower not like wow i was having so much fun weeding i just couldn't stop uh so this you know this is why it's fiction and especially this avant-garde stuff uh a poached shot worth having no that's not what that says yeah let's see everything getting mowed poached shot with hound uh with having hay fever. Oh, so then Ari starts sneezing. Uh, that was one thing I noticed. Uh, oh, uh, parallel shots with the hound and Ari. That's what that says. Uh, so basically, Ari is sneezing. She can't see because her eyes are watering because there's so much stuff in the air. And the hound is getting pelted with nerf darts from his brother. Yeah, but then Arya gets help. A woman reaches out, she says, with her daughter. She says, here's a tissue. Here's some tissues. Uh, the hound kind of reaches uh, to uh, the world of absurdity, uh, which I guess is kind of a way of kind of saying, huh, like, uh, like of commenting maybe it's a meta-commentary. I don't know, because he just starts laughing at the ridiculousness. Uh, because everything's sticking to him, nothing sticks to his brother. And he says, typical man. No nerf darts stick to you because you sweat oil or something. Uh, so basically, he's covered in nerf darts. His brother's actually pulling on the nerf darts, uh, which can leave like a nerf dart hickey. And uh, he, so then, uh, let's see, she gets help. Here's a tissue. Hound goes absurdist. Then we see John, uh, John Snow. I, don't, I guess we just see John Snow kind of reacting to all the mowing that's going on. More of the um, propane wildfire in the uh, Game of Thrones show. Uh, propane uh, weeding going on. Uh, let's see. Starts uh, teaming 
Sitharnan fallback. And at some point, John finally realizes, like, all of the people from my part of the, like, that came through the armoire with me or from the world of the armoire, we should have never gotten involved with this other move. You know, he says, let's go back to the north. Uh, But everybody has weed fever. I guess you'd call it that, weed fever. You say, how did you, why did you weed everything? I call it weed, it's a bit like, remember when Scoots talked about getting spree fever? Uh, What's spree fever? Have you ever eaten like three sprees in a row? Uh, what's a spree? Kind of like it's a sweet tart with a candy coating on it. Okay. And if you have too many in a row or sweet tarts or maybe even um, other things like that, do you ever get feverish from having those in a row? Wow. That's uh, so this is like that with weeding. You do so much weeding, you get a uh, you fever, you act feverish at least. Oh, yeah, because John says, uh, fallback flowers are getting ruined, too. At some point, even the weeders are going to get uh, weeded, yeah, which we already start to see. Aria took a little nap. Uh, I think she sensed the hound was getting, you know, because of the parallel shots. Uh, then we see even the bells, like uh, some of the bells start falling on Aria. Uh, then as Arya runs, she thinks, I think I'm going to replot some of the, repot some of these plants uh, so they don't get mowed. But then as she, as she drives, she runs and drops them. Uh, Cersei and Jamie, uh, they realize that, that like, that this is like, they're in the attic. Uh, they say, oh, we're going to sneak out this way. And they say, oh, we can't sneak out. Uh, so they're ba- they sit back on their beds or whatever. And, uh, they say, let's comfort one another. Cause they hear the mower going and everything, you know, it's not easy. Cersei just lost, uh, you know, what she thought she had. And, uh, they say, remember the good days in here. We had just some good days. Uh, we hear the song. They think again, and yeah, nothing, you know, they say, Jamie says, nothing else matters. So let's just be here together and comfort one another. And then they get like uh, proverbially, proverbial. I can't say proverb, proverbial. They get kissed by geese, basically, metaphorically kissed by geese. Uh, as we hear Rain's Casimir, potted plants crying. I don't know what that means, uh, but I'm sure the potted plants were crying when they saw this. Uh, I don't know, honestly. They stay forever. Potted plants crying. What else would start with a P? I guess that is potted plants. I don't think so, though. But yeah, there's another shot. Uh, after that is something. Uh, wo- oh, Aria. Maybe she saw the plants that she dropped. Uh, yeah, then Aria walking through what was once a garden. Oh, yeah, this is the end of the episode. So, uh, basically... After Jamie and Cersei get kissed proverbially by geese, uh, we see Arya walking through. Like, so this is a post-garden scene here. No garden left. Uh, no flowers, no weeds, uh, no grass. You know, but there's floating things in the air. Very, uh, very cinematic. Uh, she's walking through. You could say flowers no more. Gar- you know, garden no more. Uh and then she sees this one swan standing there waiting for her. 
which is strange, you know, but it's a swan is covered in like, uh, grass and clumps of mud and stuff. Uh, and she gets on the back of the swan, giant swan, by the way, sorry about that. Uh, and the swan waddles off with her on it. Maybe it's a duck. I guess probably it was a duck. Uh, now I'm thinking about it. A white duck. Probably it may not have a swan because she put her hands around its neck. And uh, that concludes that. That was the end of the movie. The credits rolled. It, uh, is, uh, like, just faded out with Aria or the character that, to me, represented Aria. So, all in all, uh, it was, uh, it was like, a, a lot happened, I guess. And, uh, we got one more episode together. I don't know, again, what will this week hold for me. Maybe somebody will call me and say, there's a part three, uh, Flowers in the Attic 3, uh, you know, we, Weeds in the Garden. I guess that was probably what it was called. Again, I, I didn't take the time to, uh, there's no recording a lot. Otherwise, I would have taken, rec- you know, recording some of this stuff. Uh, but thanks, everybody, let me in that screening and let me know about it so I could compare. And yeah, so that's a little bit about uh we got plenty more goat content here. We got Tom and Pounce, we got the Brares Old Gods and the New. So uh, I'm here uh, to keep you company. And yeah, don't worry, it'll be concluded uh in a satisfactory way. Just like this movie was, you know, you're riding away off to Dreamland, waddling off on the back of a swan, just like Arya did. Good night. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, welcome to a n- n- daily scheduled but surprisingly good and out of the blue. We're interrupting a regular scheduled programming with some regularly scheduled programming here on K-Pounce Radio, radio best friends and cats and kids everywhere. K-Pounce Radio, the radio best friendship. Uh, and now we present the adventures. Of the brave, of the courageous, and of the two of best friendship, uh, the adventures of Tom and Pounce in the world of Noir Chardonnay, uh, K Pounce Radio. Uh, yes, it was this Tom and here, so Tom and as I was once known, now just Tom and one name, uh, here with my best friend, Sir Pounce, in my lap at this time. Behind my desk, a clock on the wall behind me, not ticking because again I've I, I bought another clock to wind. But Sapounce is sitting here, and when we're, we're in an office, when my phone rings, uh, now this is took a bit of explaining for me, and then a bit of explaining for you because uh, a phone. In your world, they try to limit my screen time when I'm Mikey, you see. I guess they would just say it's a communications device. It's a phone. And it rings, and someone says uh, nothing. I say, hello, uh, hello. And they say, is this Tom and then Pounce? And I say, specifically, this is Tom. And so Pounce is here in my lap, though. Well, what could we do you for? And they say, I think I'm looking for you, but I can't find you. And I said, oh, okay, what, what, uh, what, what do you, what, huh, there's something familiar in your voice. Uh. And they said, yes, there's something familiar in my voice. Uh. And I said, what do you call you? Uh, you know who I am. You have me at a disposed disposition. You have me, what, what do they, 
they call me Jesus. Uh, oh, Jesus, I like the sound of that. Uh, it's familiar but different. Uh, and where, wh- where should we meet? Uh, well, I'm at the Down and Out Cafe right now. What do you say you meet me here? Well, actually, I prefer not because uh, I've eaten there before, and it's uh, it's uh, it's a bar. Uh, but what I could meet you at is uh, someplace a little grittier. There is a place where there used to be this new pastime here, uh, subpar golf. It was indoor mini golf, putting, actually. Uh, but I think that's where we should meet. It's no longer in business. Uh, but Noir Chardonnay's working on a new business there, and so I have a key. So I'll meet you out back in the alley behind Subpar Golf, uh, okay? I'll see you then. And so we went, and uh, Subpounce and I, we headed out uh, to the city, the city known by a million names, uh, but it could be summarized in just one in the day. It was one of those hot, hot days in the city, hot in the summertime, humid, hazy, I'll say it, heckalacious even. But Sapounce and I, we headed down to Subpar. We headed it, we actually headed in the front door because this was a move. I said, I don't want Sapounce, I'd prefer not to go. And then we opened up uh, and then we closed the front door and put the blinds down. So no one would say, could we come in and play uh, mini golf? Uh, that's actually how Noir Chardonnay ended up purchasing it. Uh, I said, oh, I would love to. What is this in here? Is this grass for me to lie on? And they said, we're no longer in business. And no, I get in the Noir Chardonnay said, interesting. So it explained to me the whole thing. Putt-putt was one what were. Where does someone, anyway, we went in there, I opened the back door and I let, I, as soon as I, I was going to st- just cut to the chase, but when I opened the door, standing there in the doorway against the sun and sky, I'm not sure if I, to be honest, I wasn't sure if I was looking at a man or a god. Uh, I was just stunned and uh, overwhelmed with feelings of both uh, envy and uh, aspiration is the person. And I said, are you Jesus? Uh, I said, hey, who? And I, then I said, are you Jesus? And they said, yes, I am. And I said, I hope you're comfortable with me saying you're very... Uh, and they said, thank you. Uh, and I said, come on in. Welcome to Subpar. Please close the door behind you. And as they closed the door and the, the, the lights in the... Uh, Subpar, it changed from the light from the sun from outside. The person, he looked a little grittier, he looked a little tired, but he still had that, uh, where I just said, what would life be like for this person compared to me? Uh, This person, people probably smile when they come in, and, uh, you know, a whole thing. I went on a whole thing, and they said, excuse me. And I said, oh, okay, why don't you join Sapounce and me for a round of mini-golf uh, and tell me what's happening, Jesus. Uh, and they said, okay. 
and we started to play in the first, now this was like, not everything was working correctly. The first one was a mailbox. You try to roll the ball and then you make it jump. And then the, the mailbox, if you get it in, it goes down the, the, uh, the pole holding the mailbox and you get a hole in one. Also, the flag pops up uh, when you get it in there. It's a cool effect. Uh, it, if you miss, you just drop down to the to, to lower level where the, uh, the greens are. I was explaining this uh, to, to Jesus, and Jesus uh, didn't ever play. The good, it wasn't a popular game, you know. Mini golf in my world, in the world of Noir Chardonnay, say. But we started to play, and above our heads, the lights flickered. And the sunset, uh, dust was drifting in and out of the light, making it look like a, a precipitation almost. And it ended up just like, of course, uh, this person made a hole in one on the first try. And again, I said, well, oh, by the way, we, like you can own the maximum number of shots you could take is five. Uh, and we went on to the next hole, and they said, do you keep score? So low, so I did good. The lower score is the better. And they said, "It's part of it is just having fun. Also, you could lie on the grass. You know, that's something, too. And so it's like going in and out of the different features. The next one was like a pinball game. And again, you had to get it right in the middle to get a zero, to get a hole in one. And I said, this is based on another game, a pinball, where a ball gets bounced around. Uh, doesn't know where it's going. Uh, knows it what you like. Uh, and and uh, Jesus said, I know how that feels. And I said, I'm sure it looks like you do. A beautiful, gleaming silver ball, or a golden ball, you know, if you wanted to, you know... Uh, and uh, it goes, I think it's silver, though, because it's more reflective. Getting bounced around, all around. Uh, but then you say, well, isn't that the point of the game? Another hole in one, this Jesus got. And again, I got a, I actually got a four, so I was doing better than myself. Uh, then we went into one that was kind of boring, like you try to roll it over a fake river. And you could fall into the river, and then you go over, like, you're jumping a broken bridge, I guess is what I'm saying. And if you jump a broken bridge, a covered bridge, a broken bridge into a covered bridge, you get a hole, you could get a hole in one, which Jesus did first. And I said, my, you're pretty good at this golfing. You kind of look like, uh, from my understanding, you, you uh, made look a bit like a golfer, or you cut, you know. He said, Jesus said, thanks, but I just want to, I thought I was here to get some help. Uh, and I said, yeah, why don't we just lie on the grass instead of playing the game over at this hole? Because it has a bit of a long, this is the one with the longest fair, green or fairway or whatever. And I said, also, this one has these mounds, which are good. They're hard to get up and then the ball rolls back down, but they're good for holding your head up. Uh, and so we laid or lied next to each other. Jesus and I, Sipounce patrolling around us, uh, studying Jesus. And I said, even Sipounce is checking out this Jesus. And I said, why don't you tell me? He said, it's strange, you know, looking at you, 
you you think uh, I think uh, look at how easy Jesus uh, took up a golf and just hit all those holes in one a natural. But then I see a look in your for you know between your uh, forehead and your your actual eyes, uh, something happening there in your brow that tells me you're not quite sure if you're even good at it or not, and you're not having fun at all. And you wish you were somewhere else where you don't wish you would be. And I said, is that what your forehead is doing? And Jesus said, you tell me. And I said, it is what it is doing. Uh, And I said, you know, I think uh, like uh, that there's, what I've heard is that uh, that's a place people hold tension, Jesus. And I said, I've learned a technique though. And I get some golf balls, and you know this was this is part of my technique. Do you know Rashid of uh, Noir Shot? I said actually Noir Shot and they did teach me this. Uh, and I got some golf balls, and I showed uh, uh, him how to massage his forehead with the golf balls. Not as comfortable as massaging your back, uh, but I said do it gently. And it will release some of that tension in there. I said the red ball is particularly good in the purple ball uh, for you, for the kind of tension you seem to be experiencing. And he said, what kind of tension? And I said, you're, you're in conflict. Uh, you, uh, you forgot how, I said, you, you, uh, it's complicated. I said, I don't even understand it myself, uh, to be honest, Jesus. Uh, I said, I, I think this is a very, all you could say is it's a very confusing situation for more than one person, though, I think is where you've turned away. Do you understand what I'm saying? And Jesus said, no. And I said, okay, let me explain it to you. And I said, let's walk the course. Let's get up. And we started to walk the course. And he said, let's just imagine that at every hole you get a hole in one, hole three, hole four, hole five. And here I was getting four, you know, fours and fives, maybe a three, maybe even a hole in one in the one where you're trying to make it look like you're uh, with the, the C-L-O-W-N because that one I seem to be more focused on. And I said, let's just say you play and then you start to think, uh, you start to think just about getting these holes in one. And maybe you, that uh, this helps subpar stay in business because they say, look at that man getting all the holes in one. I want to golf where he golfs. Uh, and somehow it becomes this, uh, this relationship, right? So you come here, you you hit, you know, you think you're having fun, but you have to keep hitting holes in one. And he said, I'm confused. And I said, well, it's a confusing situation. But here's the thing, Jesus, the whole time you were playing with a boy named Tommen, all that time, and he said, and I forgot. I said, I don't know if you forgot, uh, but you may have been distracted. Uh, Distraction upon distraction upon distraction, right? Because you have the situation, which we'll never speak of other than to say that ever again, or even refer to it in any manner, see? Then you have the uh, feelings, but then there's multiple layers of confusion. And then you don't know how to feel about it. Then you have the multiple distractions of feelings about the confusing things. Uh, 
And you could even probably say to yourself occasionally, I don't even know why I'm hitting these balls in the hole. Or, you know, oh boy, I didn't realize that was... Uh, oh boy. You don't even know why you're putting... Oh, you don't even know why you're playing this game. It's not the Game of Thrones. It's another strange, much strange... Yeah. There was a man who drank good giant's milk, and I said to myself, what the what in the hay? So, here you find yourself uh, with hole after hole of golf played successfully. And you had a boy next to you, and you never even noticed he was playing with you, watching you. And not, you know... And also your feelings, you know, don't, no offense, you can't keep them, they're vibrating all around you. The whole golf place, uh, you know, your handsomeness can't just mask everything, to be, you know, to cut to the chase. And then he smiled at me and threw his hair back, and I forgot for a while what we are talking about. Because uh, I said, and then, I, then he said, hey, let's go look in the mirror, noticing something about you. And we went and looked in the mirror, and he started to show me, uh, he said, I think your hair could be like mine. And I said, no, never. And he said, let's go, would you prefer to practice some, because he was like, I noticed something about your golf swing, too. And I said, no, 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 I'd like to, what golf, no, 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 if I could have this hair. And he said, listen, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't realize, you know, that uh, you were, you know, goes, uh, I, I got a, and he said, it's probably something beyond apology, you know, uh, but, uh, but, but, but are you moving forward in this world? You know, maybe you and I could, uh, maybe you could teach me about my hair in just that way when you're looking and it looks like your brain is empty. I have that feeling sometimes, but the look on my face, uh, someone said, once said it's duncical, where you, even I, you know, makes me sigh. Even though I have no business sighing, I do. So maybe you could, and he said, I'd like to teach you about those things. Let's go get your hair cut, uh, and I could teach you about flicking your hair. And maybe we could just be friends. And I said, maybe we could just be friends. Uh, and we set off, uh, the two of us, uh, into the night, you know, the dark, you know, the night was hazy now with the heat and the humidity hanging over it. Uh, we closed the door on that chapter and we were, oh boy, did my, now I'm not, I don't want to brag here, but you've never, you know, once I was a detective, uh, now I'm a deb, I have great hair. I, I didn't realize it. He just said, well, if you just do this. And he even showed me, in a true way, he said, we have the same hair. It's just a matter of styling and of your self-possession. He's still giving me those lessons. Uh, and he said, you, you don't have to, he goes, you don't have to think it, you just have to know it. Uh, and then he said, maybe shake it. And I said, okay. So that's an update uh, for now. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Uh, see you in another world of, uh, well, thank you for joining us on K-Pounds Radio, radio of cats and kids and best friends everywhere. Uh, it's time for my prayers to God's old and new, uh, and newer.
Crone, Sweet Sweet Crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound Dog God. It's I, your humble servant, and now more ways than one. You're in some sense an employee, or what do they? What do you call it? What do you call it when you're a ca- camper? Your camper. Sorry, guys. It just so sounds so funny. It really makes me sound like uh, I should have like elastic pants, on, like elastic waistband pants. And uh, a sleeping bag, you know, holding a sleeping bag over my shoulder. Uh, I don't know why I have that image either, God. So don't worry. You know, I, if there's a, well, that's a question, God. So I didn't even think about this. Crone, sweet, sweet crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound Dog, God. Uh, is there going to be uh, uniforms at this camp? I don't think there Usually you get a T-shirt. Crone, what do you think? Are you going to have like issues on length of shorts? Because sh- shorts nowadays are, oh boy, are they short? Uh, not on me. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of short. People wear short shorts nowadays, Crone. Okay, well, uh, let me get let me get to the point because that's you know that's not what I'm good at. But we only have uh, our time together on this audio podcast is short and on. Um, Unless I'm watching you on repeats. And so really formalizing our connection here through this summer camp where I'll be a camper. One of your campers. Uh, I feel like I feel like I just uh, like I really, really feel uh, like at least 30, 30, 40, 50. I mean, even, you know, I feel younger, Crone. And the rest of you. That wasn't just, just because it was age, it wasn't just directed at you, Crone. It was just, you're the top of the list. So, I, I believe it or not, I have been thinking since the last time we spoke, God. So, you know, nor, sometimes uh, that doesn't always happen. Or praying. Uh, but I wanted to talk to you. So, so let's go over our goals. Because uh, um, I don't know if we have any. Uh, don't and don't think I'm reviewing things because I didn't don't have anything. So our goal is to have a summer camp uh, where yearly I would have a yearly reason to to uh, I don't know what is it what is it called uh, supplicate you know being supplicants remind me spiritual connection you're right uh, spiritual growth uh, like a yearly reminder that of all my spiritual progress. Why? I may be in a good mood today. I don't know what it is. It's just uh, I'm infused with your spirits, gods. Jester, are you tickling me or something? Barky, is that you? But anyway, so the goal is to have a summer camp so I can stay connected to you. Because otherwise, uh, you know, it'll be just those humble reminders we call real life. And sometimes those I can say, oh, shoot, shoot, shucks, with a lot more uh, uh, sailor-like words. Instead, instead of saying, thank you, Crone, Miller, Smith, Barky, Chester, for once again humbling me uh, and reminding me. So summer camp is a way to do that, but fun. You know, you skin your knee, and at summer camp, you say, well, let's go to the canteen. But let's uh, r- rub some dirt in it. Uh, go for a swim. Uh, come to the we don't i guess we didn't have a uh, place for that but we'll, we'll we'll have that don't worry maiden that's right we don't have uh, i mean i don't want to uh, it's just you know i guess i don't want to put myself uh, but if i scrape my knee it really like uh, like i you know here's the thing mate i'll work there you scrape your knee believe me i'll be there 
are do you prefer uh, uh isopropyl or uh, uh the other stuff uh, peroxide uh, because I got I got my uh, cotton swabs ready cotton swabs at the ready sorry I got off topic there so oh god so, so we're going to have a summer camp where we can connect where all the other people you know people without a the people that also will eventually praise you once they once they catches on. I mean, maybe not having the most successful TV show or one of the most successful ones, you know, water cooler television that that I know of hasn't. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, that's sometimes why I'm a little bit confident. Is uh, well, you probably know more than me how many people are praying in other than me, and I don't. I don't want to get smoted, but, uh, I get, yeah, sorry guys. I guess I, this is why I do need to be humbled. You're right, Crone. Anyway, guys, the original goal for this conversation, since it's our second to last one before summer camp was to think of a commercial. Cause I said, and this is just, this is a brainstorming technique. We're not actually going to make a commercial for the summer camp because if the gods old and new are there. Who would need, you know, who would need a commercial, especially if you hit the right price target is this, um, because ideally we'll be going for that, uh, like the competitive price. Cause like I said, a couple of years ago, my cousins told me how much the summer camp we used to go to cost. And I looked at my daughter and I said, I love you. Uh, but maybe like, I just missed the mark. Uh, it was very affordable is what I'm saying. Uh, but so. Yeah, we want it, and we yeah we want people that don't have the means to get there to be able to do that. But that's not what the commercial's about. Uh, you know, that's in our mission statement that one day will be written around year forty of uh, the summer camp. And then I was thinking about the name, but I prefer the name of the camp come up or organically. Also, I just didn't have a good catchy name, and I didn't want to like. I think you know, if one thing I've learned, uh, you guys deserve good names. Uh, but, you know, Crone, you came, you know, you, you, whoever, the first, uh, the Andals or whatever named you. And I think the rest, and, and the Smith, uh, probably the uh, Andals of the, you know, I don't know, first of their name said, hey, Smith, you know, the warrior. Oh, boy, that warrior. You know, hey, get your own, hey, warrior, here's some something. Get your own summer camp, you know. Uh, you know, we make moon pies at this summer camp, not like the, all the, we make horseshoes. So that's what's forged at our summer camp. So that could be in the commercial. But the idea of coming up with the commercial gods, a television advertisement is just to help us brainstorm. I don't know if you've done that technique. I don't know if I've done that technique. I should have come up with a commercial for all of you. Maybe then there'd be more people praying in other than just me. And of course, like, uh, there's probably other billions of people doing it. Just no one gets a hold of me and says, Scoots, I pray. Well, Barky, no offense, other guys, Barky, you are really popular with the listeners. Like, sometimes listeners contact me in your name. Uh, Crone, usually I get messages about, they, they, you know, in your defense, they say, hey, are you? and I say, no, 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 I'm praising the Crone. So the other gods, you deserve all the attention. You, you don't, you deserve more, you, you know, you deserve a summer camp with the commercial. And I guess they ate up most of our time for the commercial talking, which of course you wouldn't know that was going to happen anyway, gods. 
But so it'd just be a summary of the summer camp, like bask under the trees, uh, barky. You know, it would, it would probably do that, uh, uh, forge your team building skills, uh, near forge. Also, there's a place called old forge, which, uh, we may be able, like, uh, my dad knows somebody who lives there. Uh, but yeah, for, forge, forge your team building, forge, uh, a strong, you know, we can't, we'd come up with something about self-esteem, kindness, uh, forge bonds that'll last a lifetime. And then you say the name of the camp, uh, connect to nature, uh, to, to trees, uh, with something high in the sky, yet roots grounded deep in the earth. Barky. Uh, learn to, 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 to eat well. To prepare food with your community members, and uh, the effort that goes in, you know, to all states, something like that, Barky. It's, I mean, uh, just sorry, uh, Miller. Uh, this is sounding more and more like there used to be a thing, Club Med, I think it was called, or something, where fam, like families of means would go. This isn't what we're shooting for, but something like that was the Miller. Uh, eat three squares a day. Uh, and, uh, you, you, like, you know, mill, bale your own hay, the miller. And, and I know Miller. This is why it's brainstorming. And, you know, right, I have a brainstorm, so it's hard for me to brainstorm. So, uh, Crone, uh, learn to respect the wisdom of your elders. Uh, take lessons from your past and use them to gild, gild your future at the Crone. Uh, establish a vision, a vision for what you might want to be. Uh, you know, and we, if we had like four values, like there's 4-H camp, uh, Crone, Miller, Smith, Park, Jester. I forget what the 4-H is. Horticulture, horses, uh, hor- I think horses are at least like four, two or three of the 4-Hs are horses. Horticulture. Love 4-H, I'm just not a member, and I don't know what the H's are. And I, I know you could reach out to me and let me know, but uh, uh, horticulture, because like, I get to meet the four kids from 4-H uh, at the New York, Great New York State Fair, and I know probably horses isn't one of them, but uh, just something I associate with. What do you have, 4-H's, horses, horticulture building, horses, and, uh, uh, you know, wholesome fun. Yeah, yes. So I just, so Crone, could you keep it 4-H from smoting me? Just do me a favor. Put up anti anti smote thing over me. Um, all apologies. I'm always incorrect. It's scoots here. So, um, oh, but they have four values. I just I'm not aware of what they are. Is what I was going to say. Health maybe is one of them. I don't know if happiness would be one. Because uh, I don't know for our camp. You know, we know we all know, uh, gods. You know that. Uh, uh, Happiness is in the, you know, the, the sweat on the grindstone, reality, uh, not on the uh, nostalgia you, you bathe yourself in when you think of in design summer camps and nostalgically look to the future in some sense and imagine you're going to, it was anyway, God. So back to the commercial, uh, learn to perform, uh, do, you know, something, something, the performance artist within you, clown around and, uh, you know, learn uh, informed practices at the same time. You know, uh, 
team building and, uh, you know, the jester. And then maybe for Hound Dog, I see sometimes life uh, can just be a real drag. Sometimes life takes a turn that's unexpected and you fall down and skin your knee. What's Scooter doing with the, the maiden? No, 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 back to the commercial. Uh, and sometimes you fall down and skin your knee. It's, what's important is not how many times you get knocked down, but how many times you get back up. Hound Dog God. Uh, I think that's it, God. I really ate up a lot of time without, you know, talking to you and prayer, you know, just praying and, gen- you know, general praise uh, and check-ins. So, but that would be the g- g- general gist of it. I think the idea, I mean, for the most part, it's like uh, we just got to put the co-admitment for, for, for next week, last last week together, God, on a formal basis. Uh, but thanks for for hearing me out. Uh, it's always an honor, and uh, I think that. But I think you get the idea, guys. Really, of trying to sell you on. Also, uh, Barky, did you purchase any land or uh, acquire it by uh, whatever eminent uh, uh, rights? Uh, or is it, if you're uh, a holy, like, is it your eminence, right? So your eminence rights uh, instead of eminent domain. I mean, it's all in the domain of your eminence. Uh, am I just mincing my words, Barky? Uh, but if you actually did acquire any camps, uh, preferably one with a completed maintenance schedule and uh, all that, uh, in you know, in some some areas, modern amenities would be nice, especially restrooms. Really, you don't we don't want to skimp on that. Okay, guys, it's just me, your humble servant. Uh, Every day is a treasure. Uh, Good night.